Let's Face Reality with Bravo. I'm here to recap this week's Real Housewife of Beverly Hills, Season 13, Episode 16, Diamonds in the Rough. And again, sadly, since now that we know next week is the season finale, this has not been the best season of Beverly Hills. Once again, this is what, the third season in a row, even with Erica's scandal with Tom and the earrings and the whole thing, this, these still have been the worst seasons since Lisa Vanderpump has left. So I'm just saying maybe if she comes back, I just want us to try one season back with Lisa. Let's maybe see if things switch around, get better. Maybe she's more conniving when it comes to bringing out other people's secrets, forcing storylines on there that maybe other women don't want. Kyle's just too out there with it. She doesn't know how to do it. She comes off too mean girly and it's just not her thing. So I don't know, but let's get into it. There's more short scenes in this episode than there usually are. So I feel like we're going to go through this episode kind of quickly, but let's start with it. So obviously they do their quick snippets in the beginning with Crystal letting her daughter do her makeup. And I mean, her daughter did tell her she looks like a clown, which she did. Uh, Dorit, I mean, she's trying to play with her kids, but I'm going to say... I did love the two-piece she was wearing. I really want to figure out where she got it from. If anybody knows, please let me know. Unless Dorit had posted it on her story and I did not see. But we see Anna Marie with the event planner. She's trying to plan out her Mother's Day brunch. Another event that them and the Miami ladies have coincided with. The brunch, both going to churches, both going to Hispanic, Latina area. I mean, theirs was Europe and theirs was Mexico. But still, you know, Spanish-speaking. But, you know, so now we see Erica, she goes to see her therapist and she brings up the appeal about it being approved and going on about how basically Erica's still not getting the point of her thinking she was right with the earrings when in reality the entire point was it's reached a point where Tom has stolen so much money from the victims that the court doesn't even know what things Erica owns that come from the fraudulent funds and what is actually legal money that they're allowed to have that's the only reason it got appealed because they're still trying to figure out where where the money's coming from if you know at this point it's all bad money in my opinion uh but she does say that she doesn't have a safety net anymore since she doesn't have tom i mean she seems kind of relieved by it but at the same time she doesn't because now it all comes on her i mean the ladies don't care about the ruling you got this is what Erica's not grasping. They care that you wouldn't show any remorse on camera for the victims. And that's kind of the root issue here. I mean, you not caring for the people that Tom has hurt and the families he's destroyed financially. That was the nail in the coffin for you, Erica. I mean, you're still lucky you've been having a good season so far. You're the one who decided to bring up these earrings this season. Nobody dragged you to do it. We were all on your side so far. I mean, hey, we still find you entertaining. So you're lucky you you are a showman in that aspect. It's just, I don't think as fans, we like your character. But, you know, her therapist, what bothers me about her is that she is a yes woman. And I just don't see any help over here. I don't, I feel like she's just going to give Erica the advice she wants her to give. And so what we learned with Erica here is that something bad can happen to you and you can recover knowing who's got your back. Wow. Never heard that before. Thanks for the free therapy session, Erica and her her lady. I could just go on Google and, I mean, it's not like I haven't seen 50 TikToks of people saying the same thing. Am I right? Right? 
But Sun meets with Kyle. Yeah, they're meeting where Sun has her horse kept. So Sun brings her man Avi and so when they're walking in, there's someone with a horse and she thinks that was her horse. She gets a little glimpse of it and it was actually someone else's. But Avi tries to feed Sutton's horse with carrots and the horse just goes, well, I can't keep seeing the horse. He has a name, Santos. Santos just straight up grabs a carrot from the bag, not even what Avi was trying to feed him. So, I mean, he's a pretty feisty horse that she got there. But, you know, uh, she hasn't had a horse since she spent summers with her grandparents in Texas, she said. So Kyle comes and she does what she usually does with Sun, which is throw small digs at her, playing the snarky friend role with the mean comments. I mean, she compliments the horse, making Sun think that she was complimenting her, only to correct her that she was speaking to the horse. And then we get Kyle in her confessional saying, are we certain Sun even has ridden a horse before? She looks... About as she did when she rode the bull in Vegas. And then when production does the side-by-side of Sutton riding the horse and then riding the bull, in my opinion, there's no similarities there. I mean, her posture was very straight when she was on the horse. She knew what she was doing. She, I don't know. I just, I felt like that was uncalled for. But they do talk about their healing ceremony. And, you know, they bring up how beautiful it was and emotional for both of them. But specifically for Sutton because... This was also her letting go of her marriage. And she had texted Christian goodbye, apparently. It seemed like before she had arrived to the horse stead area. You know, she does admit that this is going to be a very big lifestyle change for her. Because even though they're not married, her ex-husband Christian has actually been living kind of down the road from her. So she said even if she fell, if she needed anything, she knew Christian would be right there. He would help her out and they would be fine. But now that he's moving thousands of miles away, all the way to the freaking UK... She's, she really is on her own at this point. She needs to maneuver her life. She needs to figure out what she's going to do. And she's not going to have him to lean on anymore. But she does, you know, she admits that she never went to therapy with her husband. So this is when Kyle goes in to kind of talk a little bit about her and Mo. And she does say that she has been seeing a therapist for a long time. And she's recently had Mo, you know, come in on in her therapy sessions and have them both talk to the therapist. So she did learn that her and Mo both have a lot of working out to do, which, you know, throughout the years, a lot of things has been separating them. And Kyle opens a little bit more to Sun saying that she doesn't want to keep turning things down for Mauricio anymore or sacrificing things for him because she's been doing that her entire life. And now it's time for a change. It's time for Mauricio to be the one who's sacrificing things for Kyle, telling people, you know what, I'm not going to go to this party tonight. I just want to stay in with my wife. I don't know, maybe do something different for a change. It's not all about your work. When you revolve your entire life around your job, well, there goes the entire, your social life, your marriage, your relationships, your your family, everything. So, I don't know. I just, we'll get to when we get to the Mauricio and Kyle part. I just, I'm seeing more of Kyle's side on this. But we get to Garcelle and Jax, you know, talking about the cyberbully situation that happened last year with the bots and Garcelle explains that it's a campaign it's called cyber smiles that expresses what happens when you are cyber bullied on social media so okay so right here they did mess up here with production they bring back they bring up when Jax was spammed by the bots or whoever with the horrific messages and note they put the wrong date on the reunion it should have been dated 2023 but they dated the reunion as 2020 I don't know if that was intentional or not but, I mean, obviously it was just messy on production's part. They they were sloppy here. They didn't do it right. 
because that was clearly last year's reunion. So she gets Jay to try to hold up their script, but he just keeps moving. He's shaking. He's not really doing well at it. So her and Jax finish the video after they've done a couple takes on it. They get it right. They complete it. And they just have a seat and talk a bit. And Jade goes upstairs maybe to FaceTime his girlfriend. I don't know. And Garcelle just tells her son Jax that she's really learned a lot from him. And she realized that she needed to parent both of her boys differently because they do have different needs. And that was her learning curve, which I don't know why she would have thought they'd have the same needs. But I see. I mean, being a parent, there's no manual that tells you how to raise your kids because every child born is different. One has ADHD. One is very calm. One is a a nerd and studies. One takes longer to try to just memorize something. So you have to actually sit there and realize what type of personality each one of your kid has. And I guess just go from there. And maybe Garcelle admits that, I mean, She does live in Beverly Hills. She's been on TV. She's had all these roles. So I feel like with her jobs being away from her kids and constantly traveling, she hasn't had the time to just sit there and realize, okay, Jax is more mature. He acts, he does X, Y, and Z. He goes B, Z, and A and does, you know, these are his interests. So I need to go at it. I don't know. You know, I'm not a parent, but this is just how I view it. I say this now and then I know once I have kids, I'm going to be messing up a whole lot, but hopefully not that bad. But, you know, she does let her son, she tells him that she's now going to give him the freedom to ride an Uber alone to go to a friend's house or ride with his friends from now on. And so she's going to let him have that. And, you know, I know others complain that Garcelle's family scenes are kind of boring. But look, they resonate with me. It reminds me of when my parents were slowly taking their training wheels off with me and my siblings. I mean, a little too slow until they gave us our freedom properly. And, you know, looking back, I do understand completely why they took it so slow. They were terrified. I mean, now when I think of even having kids, I sometimes I worry I'm going to turn into Sheena where I'm constantly overthinking that something wrong is going to happen to them all the time. Hopefully I, I never reach that point. But this is just me and my craziest thoughts. But I don't know. I love their scenes. I love to see that there was a progression and just her and Jax were able to come to some sort of resolution. So we're going to slide through this part. Sun goes on her date with Steve. It goes great. It's more casual. She even came in jeans. Uh, Before they play darts, actually, I was just really shocked that Sun brought her own mixer because this is further proving Dorit's, Dorit's comments she continues to do this episode and it infuriated me because I'm a very big Sutton stan I love her quirkiness I understand her personality I understand the way she does things and it just comes off wrong to other people so I just know other people aren't gonna see it the same way but they do play darts he seems like such a sweet guy and I'm hoping when we watch the reunion we have a good update about him maybe but I feel like if there was Sutton would have posted at least one picture with him on her social media And she hasn't posted anything with him. But we get to Kyle and Mauricio talking. And she does bring up that she was going to have a session with Jamie. Because he has been sort of a comfort for her. And she's enjoyed having Mauricio join in as well. But then Kyle tells Mo that she still finds herself wanting to bring up other topics. Or she realizes that there's more issues to bring up. To which, this is when I started to get really annoyed with Mo. He just starts to make a joke out of it. Or whatever it is he's doing here. He tells her that it's... It's becoming fun. What's fun about working through your marriage that might be falling apart and you not caring for your wife? I don't know. There seems to be a disconnect here. Kyle even points out that she hasn't been laughing in those sessions and Mo just refuses to show any issues in their marriage. He's still making it seem like there's small little missteps that they've had and they're just working them through and they're going to be perfectly fine. 
But he goes in knowing that they've had a hard few months and their therapy sessions have helped them reflect. But I don't know, Kyle's staring away when he talks. Like, no, he hasn't. You have not had time to reflect. You don't even realize what you're doing. You still don't realize what's actually upsetting me. That's how Kyle is looking at him. Like, you're still, hello, is anything up there? Are you awake? This is, you must think this is a small issue, but in reality, this is a very big issue. That's how Kyle is. Kyle's not a happy woman right here, and I'm fully siding with her on this. But, you know, Mo does continue to explain that it's become a lot harder. He knows that she has so many creative ideas and she has all these movies and producing stuff that she's roles, you know, that she's in. Plus the business, his business is booming and he's about to open a hundred, what, real estate agencies around the world. And when he says that they're almost empty nesters, this is what I feel triggered Kyle because she shuts him up right away. And she goes, "Why, why do you keep saying that we're empty nesters? We're not there yet. I want you to think of the now. I want you to think of how we can fix our relationship right now. And he goes, I know honey, but you know, it's coming up. And this is when Mauricio started saying that, you know, they're in their fifties now, they're empty nesters, their daughters are leaving. This showed me that it makes me feel like Mauricio is having a midlife crisis or Mauricio isn't able to grasp, grasp that they're getting older or he feels like they wasted their life away without having so much fun. And now he's ready to have that fun when Kyle isn't. So they're definitely on very different paths in their lives. Mauricio's going one way like sunset and Kyle's going a different route. But, you know, Kyle in her confessional... This broke my heart. She says, sometimes I just get frustrated that I'm not being heard. I'm not going to stay in a situation that that I'm not happy in. The things I wouldn't want my daughters to accept, I'm not going to accept for myself. And this convo really made me realize that Mauricio is not hearing Kyle. He lets her talk, but he's not really listening. He's that husband that's like, just let your wife, you know, your wife is always right. When in reality, they only let their wife be right because they really have no idea what their wife is even saying. They don't want to have an idea because they believe that just letting her have her way is better than them actually understanding why she wants to have her way or why she's, you know, bringing up a, a an issue about something that to him maybe seems small. I wish Mauricio, Mauricio could just understand that, but he's not. So we get to the Mother's Day brunch where everyone's kind of still getting ready beforehand and Anna Marie just doesn't like the negative energy. So she's hoping she can fix this conflict that she has with Crystal when she comes over, move on from it at her brunch. And so let's see if it's going to work out when Crystal arrives. But we see Crystal getting her makeup done and she feels weird going to Anna Marie's party, understandably so, because, you know, it's the they just did not leave Spain on a good path. I'm assuming the last day or two, they just weren't on speaking terms at all they may they may be kept their distance but after realizing how supportive Anna Marie was when she did get sick in Spain Crystal's feeling kind of hopeful for the outcome of her and Anna Marie's friendship so we see Garcelle getting her makeup done Sun is actually ready but she's maybe pre-gaming Avi's giving her drinks she has him prepare a very strong drink actually that seems like she will be bringing with her this is not gonna help Again, with the allegations. But Dorit FaceTimes PK, PK, PK. And she wonders when he's coming back, but he doesn't really give her a definite answer. And then he just makes excuses that Mother's Day isn't a big thing in England. And he tells Dorit that she isn't his mother. Sir, like she said, she's the mother of your kids. Hello. She's raising them. She's she's doing everything for them, things that maybe you're not even doing. I mean, does he have an affair going on in London? Or is he hiding from the American government? Or is he hiding from people in California or people in America in general that he owes money to? Because that's what it makes me feel like he's doing. 
But the whole setup is actually amazing. I'll give that to Anna Marie. The food, the design, it looks spectacular. But Garcelle arrives and then Kyle comes. And so Kyle's the first one. She's rejecting, I don't know if it's rosé or champagne, but we understand Kyle's not drinking. And then Sutton is still taking her sweet time. And as she's about to finally leave, she makes Avi get her sunglasses. She wants sunglasses to finish her fit. And then Erica comes and she also doesn't accept the glass of rosé at the door. Why? Like, why? Is it because from what Sutton says, is it cheap champagne? Is it not what they like? Is it not what they drink? Are they being picky about it? Or they just don't like that? I What's going on? What's, what's happening? Usually at these Beverly Hills parties, when there's someone in the front passing drinks, they always grab one before they go inside. So I was kind of surprised here. But Erica does see the one diamond ring. She tells Garcelle that she's going to need that, and it's a million dollars. So Garcelle's like, um, I'm going to need to do a lot of heavy lifting if I'm going to want a man to give that to me, which Erica confirms that she would happily do that for those, for any diamond earring or diamond ring. Sorry, what am I saying? But Avi comes out. He makes Sutton pick a pair of sunglasses, and they're finally on their way to the party. Anna Marie does ask Erica what she thought of the trip. You know, they're having some small talk. And Erica liked it, but she just didn't appreciate how no one would apologize to her. Here we go again. We're going to skip through that. But Anna Marie does bring up to her that she wants to find some sort of resolution with Crystal. So Crystal and Dorit arrive. They arrive at the same time. They also don't get a glass of champagne, which was also, I don't know, am I the only one who's finding that strange? But I will say I love, love Crystal's hair like that. I want to see what she would look like with bangs and her hair down. I just need to see it. I feel like it makes her look younger. I don't, it, it fit her face so perfectly. I hope if she is here next season, we get that maybe. Even just clip-ons, just do clip-ons. But Sun finally arrives. She can't even walk the steps accordingly. I mean, she's complaining about Anna Marie not having handrails, which actually... With the way her steps are kind of pretty big, I would have thought a Beverly Hills home would have some steps or railings, but maybe it's also that Sutton drank a bit, so she needed it. But Garcelle's even questioning why Sutton brought her own drink. It seems Sutton was a bit anxious coming to this party. Even Anne-Marie was kind of embarrassed by Sutton coming with her own cup that she goes and gets her her own glass. And then, you know, Sutton and Garcelle are just laughing together, and we see production had to blur Sutton's side boob because... She must not tape them well or something or they're just kind of popping out of her dress or maybe because she drank too much. She wasn't paying attention after. But like I said, she's not beating these rumors and allegations or whatever storyline Kyle and Erica were trying to throw at Sutton. I mean, why did Sutton have to end the last second to last episode with her coming drunk with a cup of already vodka and something else in there or tequila or whatever it is? I don't know. I just didn't want her to put herself in a situation like that. But Crystal does point out the Sutton needs water. But, you know, Erica jokes that since Sutton is vulnerable, she's going to get her to buy her diamonds. And I see that Erica is really stuck to those diamonds. Anytime one of the ladies comes, she kind of just fawns over the diamonds. She kind of keeps like pulling one out, showing the ladies what she's interested in. It's as if she's hoping that one of the ladies buys her one of them. Okay, Erica, I see what you're doing here. I don't know if it's just me who felt that, but I did feel that she wanted the ladies or someone to offer to buy her one of the jewelry. But we even now see Sutton pour, oh my God, she's doing it again. The third thing, she's pouring straight vodka, Tito's vodka and a cup of ice. You're not going to be able to fight these rumors now, son. Okay. I hope you can explain this away in the reunion. 
uh, Anna Marie asks Crystal to go talk, only for Erica to let out aloud, oh, God. And Anna Marie wants her to exude positivity. She's like, Erica, we want positivity here. And so Crystal just starts out all nice. She was kind of very people-pleasing here, you know, saying, oh, I went to the doctor, and they told me to stop eating some salts, and my blood pressure went up to this much, and I shouldn't eat this because my cholesterol should, you know, all the stuff that she was saying. And, you know, Anna Marie's being very remorseful, excuse me, and she wishes that she just didn't bring up their issues, swept under the rug, they forgive each other, they move on, but the other ladies are kind of being nosy about it, and they're trying to peep what's going on. So Kyle goes to act like, she needs to use the bathroom only to find them hugging. And when she runs back to try to give the ladies the news, Dorit ruins it or spoils it for her and tells them, oh, they hug. They're all fine. They're good. But, you know, changing gears here, Dorit does ask Sutton how her date was. And Sutton just tells them, you know, it was really great. They played darts. They were very casual. And she said that after the date ended, she did get a text from him. He told her that she looked very beautiful. And he did bring up that, oh, son, we haven't kissed yet. So I thought that was so cute. I, you know, and then they start making BJ references and jokes and dirty stuff that I don't like to talk about. So getting into the final scene where Erica has the conversation with the group and she brings up that they all like each other, but she would just love if everyone in this group could stand up for one another more. So Erica starts telling them that she was very disappointed in the group as a whole for not being there for her. And she admits that half of her wants an apology from this group. And it's funny, as she's speaking, Sutton just keeps raising her hand. Like, I'm at fault. I know. I'm the one who did this to you. I need to, I need to say something right now. I'm the one who's making you have to, you know, put us in our place. And so she admits. Oh, so after she said she does that, Dorit obviously, Dorit does what she does best. Instead of just saying, you know what, I'm sorry, or maybe sticking to what she believes in, she gets defensive. She starts telling Erica, but Erica, I supported you through all of it just because of that one comment I gave you. That doesn't mean I wasn't there for you. I mean, she actually was there for Erica all of last year and the year before, and it made Kyle and Dorit get a lot of backlash and hate from the fans and the audience in general. So I'll give Dorit that. She was right about it. Dorit just said one thing, and what Dorit pointed out was the same as Kyle, which is be remorseful. Show everyone that you feel bad. You feel for the victims. You want to give back. Give even just a little bit. I don't know, or maybe a fourth of your income from the show. Give it to the victims. That in its own will shut everybody up. But Erica doesn't do that. So what more does she expect? You know, Kyle even lets Erica know again that her biggest issue was how she handled the entire thing, not that they thought she was guilty. But I love when Garcelle says, you know, Garcelle doubles down on what she says. She just tells Erica, I had an opinion and I'm going to stick by that forever. That's it. That's all she said. Beautifully worded. No, I'm sorry. No regretting anything. So, you know, Sutton is very sincere and she tells Erica that she apologizes to her because she put her through a lot and she put a lot of blame on her that shouldn't have been placed there. And so Erica cries and I actually believe her tears here because Erica seemed to really want the support or or some sort of empathy from the group, which is, I mean, they were expecting empathy from you as well, but she got it. It seems very overwhelming for the emotions and they seem to all be in a good place before the final episode next week. So let's see how next week goes. I really hope they give us something. Just be a little entertaining, please. That would mean so much. Or maybe next season, take out half the cast. Just take half of them out. 
bring out new people. Okay. Anyways, don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Instagram at Let's Face Reality with Bravo and uh, leave us a rating, feedback, five-star review, rating, please would be greatly appreciated to boost this podcast up, get more people to find us. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. We are almost there. We're pushing through. It's a Thursday and we are signing off.